First Peter chapter 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair and the wearing of the gold or of putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in, the old, in old times the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husband. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Notice that your prayers be not hindered. Let's bow for a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, as we come into your presence once again, Lord, as we approach the throne of grace and mercy, we do come in Jesus' name. God, I want to thank you for the good singing, the good testifying, for the good Sunday school hour, and I pray, Lord, that you would let the spirit of revival continue to be within our church. Help us, Lord, to stay hungry and to stay holy in these last days for the glory of God. I pray for sinners to be saved, and Lord, I pray that every home this morning will be strengthened. Lord, I pray that you'll do an internal work in all of our work, in all of our lives, and an eternal work in all of our hearts, and we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it all, for we ask it in Jesus' name we do pray, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach a few minutes this subject on this subject on how to have a godly home. How to have a godly home. You know, we're living in a time when it seems like the home is more under attack today than it ever has been. And when you think about 1 Peter chapter number 3 here, we're not going to waste a lot of time this morning with introduction because Peter really uh, gives us three things in this text this morning that tells us how you and I can have a godly home. I want to mention these three things this morning and be through. First of all, I want you to see in verses 1 through 5 here that he gives us a strong exhortation. And what Peter does in the first five verses is there is a strong exhortation uh, concerning the wife. Amen? Now, he's not just going to deal with the wife, uh, but he deals with the wife first. I think one of the reasons for that is because the wife is the heart of the home. Would somebody say, man, uh, thank God for good women. Amen? Thank God for good godly women that love the Lord and love Jesus and love their husband. Amen? And so what Peter does is he lays a foundation here uh, with a strong exhortation concerning the wife uh, in just one area particular. He deals with that matter of subjection. Notice what he said in verse number one. He said, likewise, you wives, uh, be in subjection, notice this, to your own uh, husband. Amen? Now the Bible does not say for a wife to be in subjection to another man, but he makes a clear distinction here that every woman is to submit herself and to be in subjection to the husband that God has given her. Now, when you think about that this morning, what Peter does for every wife is he lays out some reasons in these verses here as to why a woman ought to submit to her husband. Now, I know this isn't popular preaching in the world today, and it's not too popular preaching 
preaching in the church house. Uh, but listen, I'm not preaching about what's popular. I'm just preaching about what's needed. Amen? And my friend, if there's ever been a time when young women and young ladies need to learn uh, what it is to be submissive to their husband, it's the day and hour that we're living in. Amen? Can I tell you, 40 years ago, lost women had more conviction about the principle that Peter is dealing with than a lot of saved women have in the day and time that we're living in today. Now, what does Peter say? What are the reasons for a woman being in submission to her husband? This is this strong exhortation. I want to say, number one, because it's biblical, amen? The Bible said in verse number one, be in subjection to your own husband. Now, if there's any reason why a woman ought to submit to her husband, she ought to submit because it's in the Bible. Isn't that right? And a spirit-filled woman that wants to serve God and loves Jesus and loves her husband will have no problem with of what the Bible says about submission, amen? Now, women a lot of times will offer every excuse as to why not to be in subjection to their husband. They'll say, well, preacher, you don't know my husband. No, I don't know your husband, but I know you married him. Somebody say amen. And if you married him, you gotta do what the book says. Can I get a witness right there? You say, well, my husband ain't got enough sense to get out of the rain. Well, he, listen, you may not have as much as he's got because you married him. Somebody say amen. Don't brag on his stupidity too much because you chose him. Isn't that right? Last time I checked, marriage was not arranged. It was a choice. It was two mutual parties coming together. Amen. So if he's dumber than a box of rocks, don't tell nobody. That'll make you look more dumb. Somebody say amen there. I'm going to have to get you help. I can already tell this morning that the women won't say amen and most of the men are too afraid to say amen when you preach these kind of sermons because they got to go home and live with her. But I want to tell you something this morning. It is biblical for a woman to submit to her husband. And then secondly, we find here that it's beneficial. Notice what the Bible says in verse number one, if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be one by the conversation of the wives. Now, that word conversation has to do with lifestyle. And what Peter is saying here is that when a woman submits to her husband, it's not only biblical, but it's beneficial. If that man is not saved, if he is lost or if he is backslid, then there is the opportunity for her to win him by her own lifestyle. Amen. Now, this is what I'd say to every saved woman this morning who has a saved husband. If Peter says that it is beneficial for a, for a saved woman to submit to a lost man, that it's beneficial that she may win him, then how much more beneficial is it for a saved woman to submit to a saved man? Can I get a witness there? In other words, if God will bless that woman for trying to reach that man, don't you think, wife, that if you'll submit to your saved husband who goes to church and loves God and reads the Bible and all of those things, don't you think God will bless you that much more? It's just beneficial, amen? And it's not just winning him, my friend, in the area of salvation, but you can win his heart. You can win, my friend, his confidence. You can win a lot of things in the life of your husband by just submitting to him and then it's not only biblical and beneficial but another reason is because that it is binding amen the Bible says here in verse number three notice this while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear you notice that word behold there brother Ronnie it means to stop and think about 
Now, you know what men are not very good at doing? Stopping and thinking. Am I telling it right? Let's just face it, men. We know that we're not, uh, we're not top of the list when it comes to observation. And you know, there's something you ought to learn about women, young, uh, young men. Uh, all you young boys learn this about a woman. A woman never really says what she means, but she always means what she says. Amen? And it'll take the rest of your life to figure out that. And you probably never will. It'll take a glorified body. Amen? Uh, but can I tell you something this morning? Uh, we will do well uh, just to listen to our wives, uh, to Listen, you want every woman wants, they want the attention of their husband. Amen. Now, men, how many times has your wife said to you, hey, would you just stop and listen to me? Or they'll say, I can tell you're not listening to a word. My wife knows the little phrases I say, and she, when I say them, she'll say, now listen, you're not even hearing anything I'm saying. You say, what are they? I'm not telling you. Because if I say it to you, you're going to think I'm not listening to you. Do you know what? It's binding. The Bible said he beholds. In other words, she grabs the attention. Submission grabs the attention of a man. When a woman is, is in her place and when she is supportive and she is standing behind him and submitting to him, it gets that attention that that woman loves him and is behind him. And so it is binding and then it is beautiful. Notice what he said in verse number three, who's adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair, of the wearing of the gold or of putting on apparel. Now let me stop and say this, just as we're passing by this verse here, listen, the Bible does not say that it is wrong for a woman to plait her hair or to put on gold because we know it's not wrong for a woman to put on apparel. Somebody say amen. And certainly women need to put on apparel in these days. Can I get a witness right there? I always, when I get to this verse, I like to preach that part because clothes were made to cover the body, not to uncover the body. Isn't that right? Uh, God give us clothing to put on our body, not to take off. And we live in a generation that wants to see how much they can get by with and take off and shame on people that will come to church that says they're saved and even be a member of a church and not put on enough clothes uh, to wad out a 10-gauge shotgun. Somebody say amen to that. Brother, it is plum pitiful the way some church members dress when they go to the house of God. Amen. You know one of the greatest compliments uh, a preacher that if I called his name, everybody in this church knows, I'll, I'll call his name, it's Brother James Langston. You know the greatest compliment was ever given to this church? Brother James Langston come here and preached one night and he looked up and he said, you know what I noticed about the church? I said, what? He said, everybody in the choir was dressed modest. Now, don't get quiet on me. That's still in the book. Thank God for modesty, respect, decency. We're not, we're not Pharisees, and if there's a lost person here this morning, I'm not preaching to you. We're just glad you're here, amen? But saved people know how they ought to act and how they ought to look when they go to the house of God. And the Bible says that, uh, that a woman, she ought to dress modest. She should put on apparel, and a woman should take care of herself, amen? Uh, I think there's nothing wrong with a lady looking nice. Somebody say amen right there. I don't think she ought to have enough paint on to paint a 57 Chevy, uh, but thank God she ought to have a little bit. Uh, listen, uh, you young girls don't need no war paint on right now. Uh, you just need to be where a young lady, amen? But you ought to fix your hair and you ought to look nice and you ought to look like a girl, amen? Uh, don't look like a man. Don't look like a tomboy. Somebody say amen. Uh, listen, uh, if I, listen, I never did want my girls to wear brogans. Uh, I never did want them to look like a boy. Somebody say amen right there. Uh, I wanted them to look like a young lady. Isn't that right? But I don't even know why I was preaching all that, but it's good preaching, ain't it? 
It just needs to be said sometimes. And I'm saying this, that, that there's nothing wrong with, with putting on a gold and apparel to a point, amen? Modesty ought to be, uh, has a lot to do with just being balanced in what we're doing, amen, and how we're doing that. But what is Peter saying? Peter said it's not that outward adorning that is so beautiful. You girls, listen, you stand in a mirror for over an hour, I believe that's wrong. Somebody say amen. If you can't get pretty in an hour, you need to stop trying, amen? It ain't gonna get no better. That's right. 45 minutes to an hour is all you need to shower and clean up and fix your hair. There's too many other things in life to be doing than standing in front of a mirror for six hours trying to get every eyelash and every piece of hair on your head put in the right place and you ain't gonna take three steps and it's gonna go in another direction. And I, listen, you just need to, that's vain, amen? But it's not that that makes you look so beautiful. I want every young lady to know what makes you look beautiful is a spiritual person on the inside of you and to every mother and to every wife you need to remember that uh, listen you can look like a supermodel but listen if you ain't worked on the spiritual man you're as ugly as ugly can be uh, with a bad spirit or a bad attitude or listen a grumbling and complaining mouth uh, I'm talking about the Bible says uh, what is beautiful in verse number four is let the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible amen Thank God for women that have a sweet spirit. Thank God for spiritual women that are submissive and know their place and know how to be quiet. Can I get a witness right there? Not a loud mouth woman, amen. There's nothing attractive about a woman standing there with a firm jaw and her hand on her hip and her finger going like this and telling her husband and giving him what little piece of a mind she may have left. Somebody say amen right there. I'm talking about submission this morning. Uh, the Bible says uh, that if you want to be blessed uh, and if you want to be beautiful, uh, then you need to have that meek and that quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of a great price. Amen. And then and I want to say this, it's, uh, it's blessed because in the sight of God, it is of a great price. Now, let me say this this morning. Every woman in this building that is saved and loves Jesus and wants to do what's right, then there's one thing in life you desire, and that's to be blessed by God. You want to please God. And if you want to please God, then the Bible says what pleases God is submission to your husband. And then I see here that it is balanced, amen, because the Bible says for after this manner, verse five, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husband. You know what's balanced in life is that the wife be in her place and that she knows her place. It doesn't mean that a woman doesn't have an opinion and it doesn't mean that a woman can't speak. But what it does mean is that at the end of the day, the woman knows her place and whatever the man decides, then that's the way it is. He gives an account for it. Can I get a witness right there? It means that a woman knows that she never sasses her husband in public or period. Oh, I mean, y'all pray for me. I'm standing out on a limb with only two twigs on it, amen. You don't sass your husband and you sure don't do it in public. Don't disrespect the man that God gave you. I'm going to get to men in just a minute, women. Amen. But come on. 
Don't sass him. Don't talk back to him. Don't, don't tell another woman, well, I told my husband, or I, I tell you what I told him we was going to do. Hey, that's not the godly spirit that the Bible talks about. And let me just stop and say this. Don't ever tell another woman something private that ought to be between you and your husband. Amen? Don't ever share that with somebody else. Say, well, they're my best friend. Can I stop and say this? Your best friend on earth outside the Lord Jesus Christ should be the person that you went to the marriage altar with. Amen? And that's the person you share your secrets with. That's the person you tell your heart to. You don't share it with other people. You invest in them and you trust them. Amen? And so there's a strong exhortation. And then let me say this. There is a scriptural example. Notice what he said in verse number six. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and not are afraid with any amazement. Now here's the thing about Sarah and Abraham. You know what the Bible is talking about with Sarah is number one, she followed Abraham. Abraham stepped out not knowing where he was going. Sarah stepped out not knowing where God was taking them nor where Abraham was taking her. But yet she followed Abraham. That's a good woman, isn't it? That's a spiritual woman that'll say, where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God and your people shall be my people. A spiritual woman will trust her husband to take her in the right direction. She won't go kicking and screaming. I want to tell you, I've met a lot of men whose ministries have been dwarfed all because they didn't follow their the wife wouldn't follow the husband because she wouldn't support him. I have heard women say, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not giving that up. We're not doing that. Boy, that, that's dangerous ground when a woman starts telling her husband things like that. And let me say this, a woman has to be careful that, that she, doesn't, uh, she doesn't persuade her husband to do something that she wants him to do rather than what God wants him to do. I've seen men miss the will of God because women put so much pressure on them. And so, well, I just thank God. I, let me tell you something. God is not going to tell the wife. That's out of Bible order this morning. The wife can pray for the husband. But God will not tell the wife. Don't come up to me after church and say, well, well, well I can tell you about something that happened. Now, listen, I'm not going to listen to your experience. I'm going to take this book right here this morning. God's order is not speak. He's got one head for every home. And he's going to speak to that head. And I don't care how spiritual a woman is, God will not tell her over her husband. Amen. Oh, we're really getting tight now, ain't we? Amen. That's all right. It gets worse. Just hang on. Amen. And so she followed her husband. And then I see that she favored her husband. The Bible says she called him Lord. I heard one woman say, well, I may call him Lord, but I ain't calling him Lord. Amen. Can I tell you this morning? Listen, that word Lord is a, is a name of respect. And what that simply means, the principle is, I don't expect you women to go home and call him Lord. But what that means is the principle is she respected her husband. And she gave, she gave honor. The Bible said to give honor where honor is due. And so uh, she gave that respect to her husband that, that was due to him. You say, preacher, why are you preaching that? Because we can't have revival in our homes without it, Freya. And you would be amazed. Uh, God will bless you, ladies. Uh, he'll bless you as a wife. He'll bless you as a mother. He'll bless your home, amen, if you'll just favor your husband. She followed him. She favored him. And then she was faithful to him. You know what Sarah did? She followed Abraham to the end. She was faithful to her death. Well, that's something to be said about a spiritual woman, isn't it? 
Hey, there's something to be said about a woman that will, will be faithful to her husband and, and will cook and clean and take care of him. Can I get a witness on that? Yeah. There's something to be said about a woman that, that will clean house and be a keeper at home and, and that will pray for her husband and, and that will, will support him in the endeavors. I, I don't, he don't have to be a preacher, but she'll support him that when he comes home in the afternoon, he comes home to a good clean house or he comes home to a sweet spirit. He comes home to a, a good balanced supper, amen. And I'm not talking about a, a hot pockets and I'm not talking, I'm not saying you gotta cook a big meal, but my goodness, a woman ought to know how to cook. Somebody say it, man. Sure know how to cook cornbread. Sure know how to make cat head biscuits. Sure know how to make some soup. Somebody say it, man. I'm not talking about pouring it out of a can. Somebody say it, man, right there. Sure know how to make some cakes and some pies. Some of you women's looking mighty strange. Some of you young girls. Listen, if you spend as much time in the kitchen as you did before the mirror, you might make a good wife one day. I'm just simply saying this. There is something about a woman that knows how to take care of her husband. You want to keep your husband? Wife, you want to keep your husband? Take care of him. Amen. Now I'll say, lastly and finally, and hopefully to salvage what little bit is left this morning. <laughs> There's a strong exhortation. There's a scriptural example. And then there's a special emphasis here this morning. In this verse of Scripture, verse 7, the Bible says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. There's a special emphasis given to the husband. You know what the man is to do, the Bible says? The man is to live with the woman. He said, likewise, your husband, notice this word here, dwell with them. When a man marries a woman, God expects him to live with her. Can I get a witness there? God expects him to dwell with her, to take care of her, to be there for her in those times of need and, and to be a support system that she needs. And uh, we've got a lot of men today, they get married, uh, uh, but you know what? They don't want to live with their wife. You know what they want to do? They still want to run with the boys, amen? Uh, they still want to hang out with the men at work. Uh, uh, they still want to go, and there's nothing wrong uh, with, with some men getting together and doing a, a little hunting and fishing, but can I tell you something? Uh, uh, you're running days uh, and you're hanging out with the boys days they're over with when you get married amen and if you're not willing to give that up then you're not to take that wife and marry her because she needs you to be at home at night she needs you to be there with her she needs you to be somebody that she can lean on and a woman ought to know what time her husband is coming home and she ought to know where he's at and what he's doing can I get a witness right there I've heard some men say well it ain't none of my wife's business what I'm doing I've to differ with that. You've been given a Bible commandment to leave your father and your mother and to cleave to your wife. Amen. I want my wife to know everywhere I am at all times. Amen. I don't mean I'm henpecked this morning. It just means I love her and I don't want the devil to ever plant any seed of thought in her mind that ought not be there. And so it's just something I want her to know. Hey, I'm going to the store. Hey, I'll be over here if you need me. You can call me. I know I've got a cell phone, but I want her to know where I'm at and what I'm doing at all times. That's why I never want to travel by myself. And I'm not critical of people that do. Some don't have that. Privilege, but I always want somebody with me. 
Because I don't want Satan to come to her and say, well, I wonder what he's doing right now. Amen. You see, they've been given a command to live with them. That means when you marry that woman, you are to provide for her a decent home to live in. You know, a wife, I, uh, you know, whatever, whatever my wife wants to do in the house, that's, that's fine with me. Amen. I mean, sometimes she wants to do things that I wouldn't do. Amen. But I, I, that's her palace. Can somebody say amen? She wants to paint the wall whatever color. I mean, I, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes they want to do things and they'll say, can you do this? And I'm like, why do you want to do that? Come on, men. I know it's 12 o'clock, but we ain't getting out to 1230 this morning, okay? Amen. I feel like preaching. Amen. You with me, TJ? Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Listen. And I said, why do you want to do that? She said, because it's what I like. And I said, okay, if that's what you like, let's do that. Amen. Amen. I'm in charge of outside. She's in charge of inside, but I'm the maintenance man inside. Amen. And so, uh, but if she wants to do so, hey, that's her home. That's her house. Uh, And there's a responsibility that we're to provide a good home. Uh, I can't put a mansion on the hillside. She doesn't want one. Uh, But she ought to have a decent roof over her head. Uh, She ought to know that the rent's been paid uh, or the house payment's been paid. Uh, She ought not have to worry about the light bill or the water bill. You say, I don't make enough money. Then get a better job. Somebody say amen. I don't know if I said this here somewhere else, but it'll work again, amen. Don't, listen, you can't raise a family working at McDonald's, amen. Did I say that here the other day? I said it somewhere, but I meant it there and I meant it here too. You said, well, preacher, let me tell you what McDonald's is for. It's for teenagers and retired people. Is that right? McDonald's isn't for a man with a wife and two kids, amen. Or especially not four kids, Amen. Because you ain't going to, listen, you ain't going to, listen, you can't stuff enough hamburgers in there and hamburgers don't pay the light bill. Somebody say amen. And listen, when God's, uh, uh, when you marry a woman, you ought to build, you ought to buy a house or rent a house. Uh, you can't live with mom and dad all your life, amen. Hey, listen, you're gonna have to take that responsibility. The Bible said leave uh, and cleave, amen. Now I understand there's situations that happens in life and people have to take care of people. And I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying this morning that you can't work at Pizza Hut. Amen. You can't work at Dairy Queen. Uh, You can't work, listen, you can't go down here to the movie store if they still got any of those. You can't work, you can't work at the, you know, the Circle M. Y'all with me? That's not enough. You say, what I do, you might have to dig a ditch. You might have to get your hands dirty. You might have to sweat. And I'm telling you, I remember those days getting up in the morning time at 4.30 and going to work and I'd look over and my wife would just be tucked under the covers and I mean, listen, just nestled in there and I think, man, I wish I could lay there a few more minutes. Y'all remember that? But duty calls. And men, we got a responsibility to live with them. They ought to know we're coming home at night, amen. And they ought to know what time we're coming home at night. And so he said, live and dwell with them. And then he said this, he said, a husband's responsibility is to lead the woman, amen. Notice what he said, according to knowledge. A man ought to learn how to lead his woman. He ought to learn how to, to, to do some things in life. Don't put the responsibility on your woman, amen. If God gave you a wife, you ought to be the spiritual leader of your home. Amen. 
every wife that's saved with a saved husband ought to be able to say, the greatest Christian I know is my husband. Amen. He ought to be the one that calls for family altar. He ought to be the first one when trouble comes that says, let's pray. He ought to be the one that bows his head over the food at the table and asks the blessing and gives thanks. He ought to be the spiritual leader. When trials and troubles come, he ought to be the one that's standing strong and steady and firm. He's to lead them according to knowledge. He ought to know this book. Can I get an amen? Every husband here this morning, your children ought not be able to quote more scripture than you. Amen. You say, well, they go to the Christian school. I'd learn every verse they learned. Amen. They ought ought not have to run and thank God for a good godly mother, but they ought to be able to ask their dad for spiritual advice and wisdom and counsel. Their dad should be the greatest example. That husband should be the greatest example in the home before that wife. She ought to see Jesus in in, in us. Amen. I'm saying he's to live with the wife. He is to lead the wife. And then let me say this. He is to lift up the wife. The Bible says, as unto the weaker vessel. And that word weakness doesn't mean that she's less. But it means she's like a piece of fine china. She's precious. You know, when I go home to eat through the week or, or if it's just us or maybe just the family over, we got these plates that we bought. And I don't know what they're made of. Some of y'all probably know I hadn't even checked them out. But you can literally, you can just walk up and hit, hit the table and they won't break. They're made that way. There's nothing special about them. They don't cost very much. You can go to Walmart and buy a set of them. They're just tough. And that's the plates we eat off of every day. You know why? Because I have (laughs) son-in-laws. Amen. (laughs) Soon to have grandchildren. (laughs) And the glasses we pull out, they're, they're, they're they're about an inch thick. You know what I'm talking about? They'll break, but you gotta purposely throw them down and we're probably gonna have to do something about that because I got a grandson that likes to throw everything, amen. (laughs) There's nothing special about them. They're tough. So that's why we use them every day. They can withstand the pressure of that that dishwasher and and all that beating that they're taking day to day. They're working plates is what they are. But now on Thanksgiving and Christmas and those special Occasion, she's got these other plates she brings out. Oh, Lord. Them other plates, heaven forbid one of them break, Brother Terry. I don't even like to touch them. In fact, I even told her, I said, give me the working plate. Y'all take the other plate. You know, them plates, they got the little gold around them. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And it's not the fake stuff. They got the real Stuff, you know, and they kind of got all them curves and they got all them fancy flowers in them, you know. I mean, it's not a man's plate. But that's the fine stuff. That's the stuff. She don't take them working plates and set them in that cabinet where you come by and you see them, you know. And, uh, but I tell you what, those plates, they're put on display because they, like pe- they like to show them off. Isn't that the way a woman is? God gives you a good wife. She's like that fine piece of china. It may, mean the, it may be the more weaker vessel in the fact that it may not be the working plate. And God didn't design the woman to have to bear the load. She should never have to worry about the bills. 
She should never have to worry about the financial pressure and the deciding of pressure of, of daily things. That's the man's responsibility. But that woman is that weaker. She's that more precious vessel. And as men, we ought to lift them up. It's like that piece of china put on display. That's how we ought to feel about our wives. We ought to talk good of them. Amen. We ought to, we ought to never degrade our wives. Never say anything about your wife. I mean, you never, hey, we all have our faults, don't we? You know what I appreciate about my wife? She don't tell nobody my faults. And it ought to be the same way with us. We'll never share anything about our wives that would ever embarrass them in any way. We ought to never say anything. Hey, I like to joke. Don't you like to joke? I mean, I, some people get saved and they don't think you can laugh anymore. I like to laugh. But I tell you what I don't like to do. I don't like to laugh at the expense of my wife. Amen. I can find another way to enjoy humor. Because I'm a, I might say something that might hurt her feelings. Not because she's a baby. She's just precious. God didn't make a woman to endure hard words. You know how men are? Yeah. We can say something to each other. Rough. And you know what? Five minutes later, we done forgot about it. You know why? Because we, we can say, Lord, forgive us, and, and it's gone, ain't it? God didn't build women that way. And thank God. Men say, well, I wish my wife was a little tougher. No, you don't. You don't want to put, you don't want your wife come put her arm around you. Not put my arm around you. You don't want your wife come put her arm around you and just lean over there and just like, boy, I love you, I love you. Boy, thank God I love you. That ain't the kind of touch you're looking for in a woman. And I seen, I was in the restaurant, I'm not even going to tell you. I don't want to be married to a woman with biceps. Amen. That's right. That's right. I don't want her to have calloused hands. You know what? We like that tender touch, don't we? Hey, if we want that tender touch, that's how we got to treat them. Because we like that tender touch. They like those tender words. They like to hear you say, you're a good wife. I love you. Or never be a day go by. You don't tell your wife you love her. That's right. Amen. Amen. You ought to tell her you thank God for her. Tonight or this morning as we stand. How to have a godly home. God lays responsibility on the spouse. You want to know how to relate to your mate this morning? It's in this book. I'll tell you what, this morning, if you got a good husband, if you got a good wife, if you got a working man, you got a loving wife. You want to thank God every day for that. You ought to thank God for that this morning. Don't ever take it for granted. I've met Christians who have had to go through the, the dark storm of divorce. And every one of them has told me, oh, I wished I didn't have to go here. I wished I wouldn't have had to go through that. I'm telling you, friend, it could be me tomorrow. It could be you tomorrow. You ought to thank God for her. You ought to thank God for him. 
The devil would love nothing more than to separate that husband, that wife from each other. How about it this morning? While folks are coming, Brother David's going to sing. You just, you just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit this morning. If he speaks to you, mind God. You young people, you ought to pray for a good mate in due time while we sing.